0: Welcome back to another Strong Towers Podcast. I'm Tom and I'm here with John. Uh, Mike is actually going to sit this one out. He's loving on his neighbors and uh, opening his house for a soup night in his neighborhood. But John and I have the opportunity on this episode to sit down and talk with our friend James Santiago Colezi. John and I actually, in one of those coincidence, not coincidence moments that God orchestrates so often in our lives... John and I separately met Santiago when we both went to two different intensives, Ransom Heart Intensive retreats, almost a year and a half apart, I think. And Santiago happened to be one of the the facilitators for our very small groups within that retreat. And so he knows both of our stories. We know some of his story. And we just wanted to sit down. With him and talk about this idea of being fathered what it looks like as we try to generate our vision of the man that we should be and how that shifts and changes and grows as we get more and more miles down the
1: road and so one of the things that we realized is as we're trying to figure out how to become the men that God has called us to be we need directions And again, you know, insert cliche joke here about men and asking for directions, but that that really is the truth of the matter, that we don't necessarily know how to become a man or how to become the man that God wants us to be. And we really need the benefit of the experience and the wisdom of those that have gone before us. And Tom and I were both just really struck by the way that Santiago has walked through this life. And he'll be the first to tell you in this conversation that it's not been perfect and it's not been smooth and it's not always been easy, but that's the value in asking for directions from people that have had journeys like that and are standing somewhere getting close to the finish line now and are able to say, I have some things that might be helpful. So this one's probably going to flow a little bit different than some of the earlier conversations that we've had with people because... We want Santiago to do a lot of the talking because, again, we're looking for direction. So we're just going to invite you to jump into a conversation that we're having here and hope that as we have, you benefit from the wisdom and experience of someone who more than anything else is desiring to do the next thing that will help him become the man that God is calling him to be. Welcome to the Strong Towers Podcast, a podcast with one simple vision, build up and become strong. All right. What are about again? Oh, yeah. All right. Let's do this thing. Let's do it. All right. So. Oh, I got to ask one more question. So my screen is showing Jim, you introduced yourself as James, and the emails all say Santiago. So for in the interest of not confusing our listeners into thinking that this is a five person conversation, um, which (laughs) one name would you prefer to go with for the bulk of this time?
2: I like Santiago, and that's what I've been using more and more and more. So it's just a Spanish version of James. Yeah. If you have a Spanish Bible and you look in the New Testament under the book of James, it'll say Santiago. I'm Santiago at the hospital. I'm Santiago at this homeless mission. And most of the people around me now call me Santiago. So that's that. It, 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 is, it means a lot more to me personally than it does to other people. Yeah. It, it, it reminds me of my, um, who I am in this p- portion of the sojourn.
1: Yeah. Beautiful. I love it. Yeah. Then Santiago, it shall be. <laughs> and Santiago, were the questions that Tom sent over helpful to kind of give you a sense of framing for this? We're not going to go line by line, but it just sort of helps us wrap our head around general direction.
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, I, I think so. It's not like I've done as much of the um, um, working a lot with younger men. Um, you know, like I've had the two intensives. Um, I'm currently stumbling through a mentoring relationship. Um, but I uh, it's like the first... Uh, time that i've really been in that so i'm not like i'm not deep with that and of course i am part of a house church so that um read that a small community of like 25 30 people Mm -hmm. and um i'm i'm the old duffer there uh (laughs) wherever i go i have more miles it seems like than virtually everybody else that's that i'm around and um but um and you know, I've actually, um, I've actually uh, attained the elusive goal of being retired, and so I'm actually a retired guy. Um, I'm a couple of years into it, and even though it's been a couple of years, I still many times I'll go, I can't believe it. I don't have to go to work. And uh, <laughs> so, anyway. a little disruptive. It can be actually, and uh, but um, but so anyhow. Uh, But yeah, I mean, generally speaking, yeah, the the questions. I think I said they're 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 not like little low hanging fruit or softball type questions. I mean, they they're like, yeah, what do I think about that? How was that? That kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Right. We'll dive below the surface pretty quick. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, I feel like with some of these other topics, um, so I don't know if, you know, via confession, this is, you know, putting you more at ease or less, but I feel like of all the topics we've done so far, I have the least idea of what to expect with this one. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Totally agree. (laughs) And it makes us sound
0: really unprofessional.
1: No. No. I just, I feel like, I I feel like kind of like what you were saying, Santiago, like there were still so much in process in this that we are so not equipped to to be offering anything in the realm of expertise. And so to sit around and have conversations about things that are, you know, half-baked in our own lives is, you know, I guess the classic interviewing rule is you don't ask a question you don't already know the answer to. And so here we are asking questions of ourselves that we don't know the answer to yet, but. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, you know, one, one, one comment I'll make on the side today was very timely for me because, um, matter of fact, Tom, you you might remember you said something about mentoring and I kind of replied back, oh, man, um, that, that's not my thing. Um, you know, I, I I don't know what I said, but I, I said it's kind of like I, I'm, I'm really young in that. And, I, and um, so anyhow, today... Um, uh, I dutifully, you guys don't have a new podcast out, and um, I listened to a podcast on um, Ann Sons, but Morgan was talking about mentoring, and it was so good um, because it gave me uh, both some comfort, but lots of instruction, and uh, uh, and so I highly recommend it. Um, on on the whole idea of mentoring uh, they covered everything from more, what do you do when a guy asks you to be a mentor and um, you know they looked at it from the mentee standpoint and they looked at it from the mentor's standpoint and Morgan um, yeah I mean Morgan's a mentor of me he's like 30 years younger but yep. he, he's mentored me in a number of of ways and things he he has no idea of that but i mean he has and um and he did today um so that's that's the other thing is that you know though i'm by by um you know uh wild at heart language i'm i'm a sage by by years right um but but I, all I know is that I get information from all kinds of people that is helpful. Because God uses all these different people in our lives to give us pieces and chunks of what we need. And sometimes it just clunks down on us when we go, oh my gosh, that was a piece of wisdom right there. And for crying out loud, some of it comes from my three-year-old grandson.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: for sure.
1: Those kids are smart. There's no getting around that.
2: Oh my gosh. They say well they, they're so fresh and unfiltered and they put stuff together in ways that the world has already kind of sophisticated themselves out of. And sometimes I just marvel. But yeah. uh so yeah, so I've I've um I've learned uh if anything is to look look for God to lead me in the next steps through a variety of resources, both circumstantial, uh, human beings, um, and um, not to not to write off anybody or anything because all of it is um, uh, are can be tools in His hands for for my benefit.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: And that's why I I like the um all the the verbiage around the journey because then we haven't actually arrived. Like you know, if we were to talk about it in terms of destination, then there would be right. an endpoint. Um, you know, and, and then you do miss that the continuing opportunities for God to speak in, and you know, really still be fathering, uh, no matter how far down you get, you know, and and how much of a sage you are in certain areas of your life. Um, he is yeah, still absolutely. the father. So,
2: about the only thing that I, you know, you really learn as you go on is how much you don't know. Um, it's very, it's very, very humbling. Um, and so, yeah, there is no arrival. It's all processed. Uh, and I've just been at it longer by dint of years than some, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I've, uh, gotten more fruit in the basket or anything like that. Um, but, but uh, and then my story is not linear. I mean, I, I, um, um, I crashed and burned at a point in my life and I lost my entire, my entire kind of kingdom, if you will. And, so um, I spent a number of years like wandering in the desert and regaining, and and uh, God graciously um, reprovided to me. Um, but all that ate up some year, uh, yeah, well, it ate up years. Yeah. And um, so um, I've got on my deathbed. I will not be one of those movie characters that says I got no regrets. That yeah. <laughs> regrets. Uh, And I've got scars, uh, but I've learned from all of them. And um, what I appreciate about them is that um, they're very humbling. uh, It's humbled me and um, it keeps me humble. All I have to do is kind of go back over. Okay, now, how did this all come down again? And oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, you guys are roughly half of my age. Mm-hmm. Um what are in your what thir- high 30s or
1: Yep. Yeah, Tom's the yeah. old man here, but Yeah. Seriously.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Tom, are you 30 what? 38. Okay, yeah, 38. So my kids are 33, 34, 35, 30, 38, 38 and 42. Um so that's my kids. Um but when I hear 38 you know, like when I was 38, I was about five years away from crash and burn time. Um, and so, uh, like if I'm with young men and, and like a young man and, and there's a lot of bluster and there's a lot of lack of awareness, um, like I really get nervous. I came into power. I came into power and I, um, I didn't do well with it. And so it all came apart. And, um, um, so I have a, a soft spot in my heart for um, young Turks that are taking the world by storm, and it it makes me nervous for them because I know how it can go. Yeah. Um, and uh, and yet at the same time, you can't exactly come up alongside somebody uninvited and go, hey, by the way, I'm kind of nervous potentially for <laughs> you because it doesn't look good. Um, but it's it very much always reminds me of oh man, I I pray that you know they they keep it together and don't uh, don't go off the deep end. But um,
0: yeah, so how would you you know you you talked about kind of crash and burn um, and, and needing to rebuild. What do you think your outlook was on being a man? prior to that and then coming out of that how did your idea of of being a man and what you needed to be doing shift
2: huh. yeah um you know i i think as i was um you know i grew up in the 50s so i had a little bit of a kind of a i see i might use references that mean nothing to you but i had kind of an ozzy and harriet kind of a Childhood does that does that mean anything to you guys?
1: Yeah.
2: Yep. Oh, really? I didn't. I didn't know, know if anybody was doing that. anybody. Um, anyhow, um, uh, but I am. You know, if if you go on my, if you saw my blog and you saw my um, profile that I wrote, I I've said I'm a generalist who who admires specialists. And uh, but one of the things I use to describe myself describe it myself as a recovering hedonist and um, really from the time of high school when I literally fell in with uh, some people I wished I wouldn't have fallen in with um, you know hedonism it wasn't and I don't mean to blame it on them but it tapped into something that was already there just a pleasure seeker kind of a real superficial guy um, just kind of playing in the first eight in, eight, one eighth of an inch of the depth of water and just looking for some laughs. And so I wasn't, um, I wasn't very serious. Um, and it wasn't until I'd gotten into college. Um, and, um, uh, I mean, it all, it all turned around the classic, uh, 1975 when I, when I became a believer and I'm one of those guys with a date, May 19th, 1975, uh, but Jesus, apprehend, at least initially, apprehended me, and uh, the journey um, really took a sharp turn kind of away from that hedonism, or a gradual turning away from that hedonism, and in, into kingdom principles. Um, but I was already 28 when that happened. So, you know, I wasn't the eight-year-old guy that, that became a believer, I didn't do it at... Youth camp. I was already 28. So again, there's a theme in my life. And that is that I came into some truth late, later in life. Um, I mucked it up. Uh, so I burned some years on, um, on what it would take to get back to where Jesus wanted to bring me. Uh, so that, that's kind of been a, a theme of my life. Um, if I was 72 years old and had never had those hiccups, um, well, who knows? I don't know. I guess I'd be an astronaut by now or something. I don't know.
1: <laughs> that is the dream. Absolutely. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. Oh, but I mean, um, so uh, back to your question. Um, so yeah, so the uh, coming into the kingdom, um, I think Ransom Heart does a good job of that. I mean, in my my many of my first years, I wasn't sure what it was within the kingdom of God to be a man, and not the kingdom of God so much as in the church. And um, so when um, when John Eldritch or one of his associates says something to the effect of, um, "You know, you're called. You know, really, Jesus is calling you to be something um, that's going to be a lot more exciting than just being an usher uh, at church yeah, and yeah. being a, being a nice guy." Yeah. Uh, that really resounded with me because um, I didn't really, yeah, the church, I mean, that's kind of like, that's the best thing I knew to do is like, try not to get in trouble, try to keep your nose clean. Jesus is going to come back and um, there'll be a whole new chapter then. But in the meantime, just uh, mind your P's and Q's. and You might think about ushering. Um, and so that was uh, true. And so really, my 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 picture of being a man took uh another change of heart uh when i went to my first boot camp so um i a lot of times i tell people i'm not a i'm not a guy that preaches like john Eldridge, uh but i cannot discount what Jesus did through Ransom Heart and through me coming into a boot camp. And again, guys, I was 56 years old at that boot camp. So I was not like you in your 30s at your first boot camp. So again, I, I, I did, that did not apprehend me until uh, later in life. But, uh, and it wasn't, um, my first boot camp was really not even...
0: The thought came to me then you were talking about the first boot camp that you went to and I know this is definitely true for me um when I went to boot camp uh the idea of um of being fathered the idea of father wounds uh, and that being a part of our story and kind of what we bring to the table was sort of a new category for me um, right. how, how did that strike you when you went to that first boot camp and really kind of had your eyes open to a, a larger role God has for you in the kingdom?
2: Yeah. You yeah. know, well, it was, it was huge. Um, and, um, that's more of a sidelight than anything, but the, the language at that, they went into the father wound and I still remember them playing that kind of where they, where they want you to go into a time of quietness with God and, and let him kind of download to you. Yep. Um, and that's, that music's playing in the background. And I was with my, my wife, um, and I'm thinking that we were not she wasn't my wife yet, and it was fresh enough in our relationship that you know, she hadn't seen like all aspects of me at that point. And I became a mess. Uh, I was just a sobbing mess, and it was like, kind of like, it was uncomfortable, it would have been even if I was alone, but then she was there, but my point in all this is that I had been preempted a little, because I knew about the father wound from that, and, um, um, and but it was so freeing, because I had a giant father wound, and it really, it uh, really had a, I never realized how much it kind of informed and affected all of my walk in um, my uh, my 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 ability not to be as confident as perhaps I should be at different times, mm-hmm. and um, so the boot camp was an extension of that. And um, 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 yeah, I still remember when we had our times alone with God. I, I had found a place at uh, at um, Frontier Ranch. And it took me, I think it took me seven minutes to get to it. Cause I was, I just wanted to be alone. I didn't want to be around any other guys. And so I would kind of like jog to it and except we were at altitude. So I would almost pass out. <laughs> and um, Yep. But I jogged to it and I, I kind of got myself up, up against the mountain and pinned under this particular rock. And, and, um, I, when I look back at how faithful God was to just meet me there and transact with me, and um, um, it was it was huge. Mm. So I pause because I I've lost my way.
1: <laughs> no, you're good. No, it's all right. And I like how we're, and again, it it's always funny when we have conversations like these because I feel like some of the time we don't necessarily know, we kind of know where we want to go. We don't necessarily know how we're going to get there. And right. I, I like that we've kind of been walking backwards through your story. Yeah. That, yeah. you know, you, you began with some of the things that are most current and now we're, we're sort of moving backwards through this lens of how did you come to a place where you knew who you wanted to be you know, how did you begin to discover the kind of man that you were and the kind of man that you wanted to be? And I'm realizing now, just listening to you, that we really can only come to that realization by going backwards through our story. Because it's only in the most recent places where we have any sort of understanding and comprehension of who we've become and who we used to be. And so there's no yeah. to, there's no real way to start this story at the beginning and tell it from the beginning, you know, with a nice, neat, beautiful cover on the front and chapter divisions and anything like that like you almost have to tell it in reverse and and so I like that that's that's the direction that we're going as we're trying to have yeah. this conversation of how do we begin to understand who we are how do we begin to figure out who we want to be we really have to look back in the direction of how did we get here in the first place yeah
2: yeah, yeah. it's true it's true And so, yeah, I mean, my whole journey has been, it's kind of contrary to um, um, being a self-actualized man and and some of the stuff that the world has as wisdom. Um, It's so, you know, we all know about the paradox of the kingdom and how it's all so upside down. And so, like John the Baptist said, you know, I must decrease, but he must increase. Um, You know, I mean, what marketing... Company would ever give a movement the marketing theme of "Come and die with me." Right. I mean that that wouldn't work well, but that's what we have. Um, and so, um, I mean, most most recently, I've been just smitten by one phrase out of John chapter fifteen, verse five, where it just says, "Apart from me, you can do nothing." And so. That really um, impacts me greatly as far as being a a man. I I feel free to not try to have to muster up what being a man means, and I make myself available to Jesus to make me the kind of man that I need to be at any point in time on a Wednesday or a Thursday Um, because I know that it's a waste of effort and time, for me to try to concoct my own do it yourself approach because apart from him, I, I can do nothing. Um, and so that's, um, that's what's informing me, um, today, every, you know, every day. Yeah,
0: that's good.
1: So as you look backwards even further, Santiago, um, We've we've kind of been walking through this reverse juxtaposition of, you know, the man you are now versus how you came to be that man. So if you can go back even further, um, you know, so growing up teenage years, you know, whatever, what was sort of that ideal of manhood that, you know, was being dangled in front of you that you've since transitioned out of or grown beyond or, you know, fully experienced and then realized that it was lacking
2: yeah I I mean I don't have a a great answer for that because remember now I'm a recovering um, hedonist pleasure seeker, kind of a surface guy Um, and so uh, my you know gosh my heroes were simple I mean they were like Superman and it wasn't my it wasn't my dad Uh, he wasn't a hero he was, but at the same time, he taught me a whole lot about what it was to just doggedly suit up every day and do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, that really informed me. But I didn't know it at the time. I mean, everything I'm saying is through hindsight. Because, yep. um, John, you said, you know, really something about we only know about what we know about right now but I would almost say we don't know that so well because it's going to take some perspective and some time to give us perspective and we'll probably see our right now is oh my gosh it was a bit different than I had thought at the time Yep. um so anyhow that being as it as it was um uh so yeah my junior high time you know I just I love girls and they never seem to love me. And I mean, it was just, it was just um, kind of pathetic, awkward uh, stuff. And I looked up to smooth guys. um, And uh, I, but I, I just wanted them because I'd be more successful um, with, with girls or with sports. I was always kind of a Pretty much a B player at whatever I did. Mom and Dad wouldn't pop for the glasses I needed for football and I was a pulling guard. And they'd tell me to go get eighty three and I'd be that guy out there squinting looking for eighty
0: three.
2: <laughs> and all the guys are running by me and I'm still standing there looking and the play's over. But uh, so um, I I didn't have um, uh, I didn't have a whole lot of success. Um, I love sports. I played hockey a lot, but I, I never was good enough. The only thing I ever, I was on the swimming team in high school, and I did, I did well at that, but um, um, I had just a, a handful of guys that I, I looked up to uh i'd never let them know that but i, I looked up to him and i went it wouldn't be wouldn't be bad to be him but a lot of times it was superficial because it was because they were real successful in one or two areas and um so it's kind of superficial on why i wanted to be him um who knows what they were really like in their heart but i could see the success part and um that looked good to me um yeah. And of course, you know, i I lived in the I lived in the tumultuous '60s. I mean, I was a hippie guy, um, back to hedonism, and yeah. so well, I scoffed at so much of culture. And I'm 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 part of the I'm part of the ugly underside of the boomers. I mean, I I've I'm like everybody. I've read about the saying, "Okay, boomer," <laughs> and I get it. It's it's like, yeah, I. Um, So I, I, uh, I pissed away uh, a lot of my life. I, I was in pre-dental at school, but it was only because I had no idea what to do. And my mom and dad said, Hey, why don't you be a dentist? (laughs) And I went, okay.
1: And, uh,
2: (laughs) but you know, I, I'd be taking chemistry and organic chemistry and all the stuff, all the pre stuff you have to take. And, uh, um, you know, meanwhile, smoking joints uh, uh, before the lecture and um, having a whole nother life at night. Um, and so I'm that guy that just wasn't, um, um, it, no, no um, I didn't fulfill the picture that Norman Rockwell would have painted whatsoever. <laughs> and so. Yep. No, that's, that's right, and, and going back to the what I recommended, uh, that, that podcast I listened to that Morgan was talking, um, it's exactly what he was talking about, is there, there is no such thing as a mentor, if you put your hands, if you put your life in the hands of a mentor, all you've done is guarantee that you will be disappointed, because there's no one man that can do for you what you want to have done. And you will only be disappointed. The only thing that's up for question is how deeply will you be disappointed. Yeah. And, and so, but there's all kinds of mentoring sources that that Father puts in our path. And they're bits and pieces and chunks. And, um, but together, they weave a bit of a tapestry and they, they urge us along and they inform us and we grow. And oftentimes, invisibly, we don't know it's happening, but um, our transformation uh, into a more complete image of Christ is, um, there's no way that we can see it happening. Sometimes we get a chance to look back and we notice, oh, wow, I used to be a little bit different than I am right now in this area. We get a little bit of a glimpse that perhaps that was tra- that's a piece of transformation, but by and large, it's all invisible. And, um, so I, uh, you know, I, there's this Dallas Willard quote. I remember now I'm in a whole nother thing that it must sound foreign when you're in, I remember when I was 38 if I heard a guy talking about retirement, my eyes would roll back in my head and I go, <laughs> yeah. no, really. I mean, it's like, it, because it's just like a concept that doesn't seem like it, it means anything at all. Mm-hmm. But, um, there's this Dallas Willard, i you know, most people find that guy to be uh, amazing, and I'm, I'm no different, but he's got this quote that I have hanging in my inner sanctum here, and it's kind of staring at me, and he said that your eternal destiny is not cosmic retirement, it is to be part of a tremendously creative project under unimaginably splendid leadership on an inconceivably vast scale with ever-increasing cycles of fruitfulness and enjoyment. And that, gentlemen, is what I think. I want to be a man in that. That's what That's what my nose is trying to be set toward, like Flint. Um, because Jesus will bring me into that. I just need to be... Um, I, I need to work on lessening the, the distance between me and Jesus, but that's what he's got for you and I.
1: So we realized we could probably sit here for another couple hours and just keep swapping stories of how we got to where we are and the lessons that we've learned along the way. Um, but you'd probably stop listening and you know we'd probably get tired of talking at some point so we're going to call this good for now uh but we're just so thankful that our friend Santiago could spend this evening with us um just getting these stories down uh allowing us to reconnect with him but also allowing us to introduce all of you to him uh, a man that we truly have a lot of respect for um for the miles that he's walked for how he's walked those miles and most especially for me for his continued willingness to be open to whatever the next thing is uh in his journey of becoming the man that God is calling him to be um and, and that's really what we're all about here at Strong Towers is continuing to do whatever the next thing is that God is inviting us into to become the men that he's calling us to be so thank you for being on that journey with us uh thank you for Walking along with us, listening with us, uh, and offering your feedback, offering your stories so that we can benefit from it, uh, just as hopefully you're benefiting from these stories that we get to tell here. So, as always, uh, please uh, connect with us through the website, strong towers.com, or through social media, strong underscore towers on Twitter and Instagram. Head over to the Facebook community and and begin to blend your stories with the stories of all these other guys who are looking to do the next thing that will allow them to become the man that God is calling them to be. So, until we meet again, this is John with Tom and our friend Santiago. Build up, become strong.